Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. This is Anthony. And this is James. And we just saw Spider-Man No Way Home. And my goodness, what a movie they delivered in every single way possible. This movie is epic, hilarious, surreal to an extreme tragic and so so much fun i had a blast yeah it was a great time at the theaters and it was pretty much a packed house where we went and this movie just dominated the box office so everybody everywhere was went to see this movie which is really great like people are going to cinemas again like we had trouble finding parking because the the mall was so packed I hadn't experienced that in a while yeah it was like oh this is what it used to be like when a big movie was released so it was great to see a packed audience opening weekend enjoying a big movie. Yeah, this was directed by John Watts, written by Chris McKenna and Eric Summers. On Rotten Tomatoes, this film is at 94% critic score, 99% audience score, which is absurd. <laughs> 9.1 on IMDb, which is if it maintains that it will be like a top 10 movie all time on that list. <laughs> and then Metacritic is at 72, which is very good for Metacritic. And in this episode, we're going to do a very special movie poster giveaway of a brand new Spider-Man No Way Home poster. All you have to do to enter this contest is subscribe to our YouTube channel, like this video, and comment your favorite Spider-Man movie in this video. That enters you into the contest. We will draw the winner in one week. Good luck, everyone. This is sponsored by MoviePosters.com. Uh, Spider-Man's identity is now revealed. Peter asks Doctor Strange for help. When a spell goes wrong, dangerous foes from other worlds start to appear, forcing Peter to discover what it truly means to be Spider-Man. And just a heads up, we're giving you a warning right now if you're listening. We are going to start spoiling the hell out of this movie. This isn't going to be a spoiler-free review. We're assuming you've seen it if you're going to listen and watch this episode. So we'll give you five seconds. But until then, this movie is going to get spoiled like crazy in this episode. So we're talking about everything. So five... Four, three, two, one. They're all in it! All the Peters They're are in it! it. They're it's all insane. in it! <laughs> it's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It, Absolutely mind-blowing. It was unbelievable. When when Andrew Garfield, when Ned opened the first portal, and I saw in, in the alleyway, it was definitely Andrew Garfield's costume and the, the suit big, and like the his big eyes. And the way he just like moves, you could tell it's Garfield. I was like, oh my god, that's definitely Garfield. And then he walks in and takes his mask off, and it's like, hey guys, it was amazing. And then Toby walks through his portal. It's just, it was so surreal. It's the only word I have for it because you know this is one of those things that we've all been thinking about and talking about for over like what five years since the yeah. Amazing Spider-Man one was at two thousand, actually two thousand eleven. Mm -hmm. But then when when Tom came in, it was two thousand sixteen. So like yeah, five six years we've all been talking about who's the best Spider-Man. And when Homecoming came out, it was like the debate: who's the best Peter Parker? Who's the best Spider-Man? Yeah. Who's the best of both? It's always like oh, Toby's the best Peter Parker, Andrew's the best Spider-Man, or vice versa. And then Tom does everything so well. But when they're all on camera together, it's like. This is the craziest thing ever, and I'm telling you, I was watching them all together, and Andrew stood out yeah. more than anyone. It made me miss Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I love real. Tom Holland, but I think, like, Andrew Garfield, after watching this movie, I'm like, he really is a scene stealer in every moment of this movie he's in. And Toby's always been my favorite, yeah. but man, when they're actually on ca camera together for, like, 25 minutes, it's like, dude, I think Andrew might be my favorite. Yeah, I think he, after watching the movie, I think Andrew's my favorite, too. And just make me realize that, like, they really did him dirty in terms of, like, the stories and the scripts and the movies that they made with him. It's kind of like, you could kind of compare it to, like, maybe Pierce Brosnan in a way with James Bond, where Pierce Brosnan's, like, the perfect Bond actor to play that he's character a great but yeah. a lot of those movies were straight garbage and like they were like what were they doing like he's in space in one of he's them he's surfing on a tidal wave he's riding a, yeah. a dirt bike off a cliff skydiving into a plane to pull it up <laughs> in front of a mountain like what they what they were doing with those movies it's kind of like they kind of ruined pierce brosnan's potential i think andrew's potential was ruined as peter parker for yeah, sure yeah because this, the first one was it was a good spider-man movie it's good but the second one the script just was not there and then electros and the interpretation of electro was just not there for me either and you know gwen's death was just super tragic it ended on a real downer and i think that you know he brought so much to the character you kind of forgot because it's already been like six years since his second one maybe longer uh, yeah like eight years since the second one and then tom holland's already been spider-man in like five movies now maybe more no more six think, yeah, six or seven movies like so we're so used to to tom as spider-man that we've kind of forgot um uh, andrew kind of got lost in the shadow yeah you know what i mean
Now, before we continue, the best way to support Raiders of the Lost podcast is to become a patron at patreon.com where you get awesome perks like our podcast schedule, personalized videos, Patreon shoutouts on the show, as well as weekly bonus episodes that everyone has access to. We also just added a Godfather tier, which gets you even more awesome perks like free stickers and stuff like that. We also launched our podcast masterclass online course. So for anyone who wants to start a podcast or improve their current podcast, our 22 chapter 46 video lesson course will give you all the secrets behind the scenes of how we found the success that success that we have found. The link is podcastmasterclass.teachable.com or just go on our website, raidersofthelostpodcast.com. It's right there on the homepage. You can see all of our sources of content, our merch, our custom movie posters. Follow, subscribe, wherever you listen to. Now let's get back into Spider-Man No Way Home. And you want to just keep talking about the Spideys for a little bit? Yeah, man, let's go. Let's, yeah, and so, let's but still, it. to have Toby come through and like Toby is like he's like weathered he's like an old wise yeah, Spider-Man he's like the father of the three he's been through everything he's yeah. gone through all like the emotional turmoils because I think it's obvious that every Peter Parker goes through the same beats in their life where they lose something big and the really great thing about this film is Andrew and Toby's Spider-Man have already gone through that big loss you know with Aunt May I mean with um Uncle Ben for Toby and then Gwen with Andrew's Peter Parker um and now they're they're helping uh, Tom's Peter Parker go through his big loss, which he just suffered with Aunt May. And also helping him grow as a Spider-Man by the way he approaches being Spider-Man because after May's death, he's so enraged and, and wants to kill Goblin. And that's something both the other two Spider-Men felt in, in terms of their situations in their films. And especially Toby and, and Andrew, they're like, you don't want to do this. Like, this isn't who you are. We felt what we what you felt, and we regret having having those feelings. Like when Andrew says he was so bitter after Gwen's death, and he stopped pulling his punches. You can imagine how aggressive he ended up becoming. He probably killed people. Yeah, he could maybe he could have been like a Batman esque vigilante at some point. And then you know, Toby obviously wanted to murder the killer of Ben, and he tried to, and he probably would have if he could have. And he he felt remorse for even. Feeling that, you even know though he mean? got what he wanted, it didn't. Yeah. It didn't make him feel better. Exactly, and so they 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 teach Tom a bunch of lessons in this film in terms of who he is and what it means to be Spider Man. And uh, you know, killing isn't something that we do. You know, what I mean, we we protect people, and so I love I love the moment when Tom's railing on Goblin and he pulls up the glider. He's about to like jam the blades right into Goblin, and then Toby stops him. It was really a great moment, and Toby's just like, "No, don't do it, bro." Yeah, no, it is a great character arc for all of it. I just yeah. this them on camera together was so much fun. It was so funny the dialogue, yeah. but also I love like the respect they all had for each other. It wasn't like them like trying to one up each other, like, "Oh man, I'm I'm cooler in my universe," but they were all just like, "Dude, you're amazing. You're ma no man. Hey man, you're, <laughs> you're amazing. amazing. I want to fight aliens too, man. You guys have all the good stuff." Like, no man. Hey, don't look at me. You say it. You're amazing. <laughs> I've just fought a Russian guy. In a rhino suit <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing and there's so playful and fun like all the all the meta stuff and all the harkening back to old references like they're referencing toby's back like oh yeah, my back great and then dude andrew, the back cracking scene was so funny andrew cracks it for him the organic webbing was so hysterical yeah. because that's always something that i've been fascinated with because like we've talked about before toby's spider-man is organic webbing but none of the comics or other interpretations really have it as him At having first. organic but then he, they usually have to develop it but then andrew and tom's spider-man and like, that's so interesting. That would have saved so much time. I had to make this stuff on my own. <laughs> how like, do you do that? You know how hard it is? <laughs> do you have, does it come out of anywhere else? <laughs> <laughs> so actually, so James and I, we unfortunately were spoiled. Um, this, this movie was spoiled for us. Yeah. In a bunch of ways. We got uh, people were commenting in our TikTok and YouTube channels, tweeting like, at us, tweeting at us. So, so we I, got, yeah, walking into this, I knew Aunt May was gonna die, and I knew that Andrew was gonna save Zendaya at, um, when she yeah. fell. So, I yeah. knew those two things were for sure gonna happen. I, yeah, and we obviously we all can assume we knew that all the Spider Man were yeah. gonna be in it, but we, we, we all knew. We no, no, yeah, it was confirmed. People were like tweeting at us, leaving comments, and you know we like to interact with fans, so like it was impossible not to see this stuff. So I regret not going to like the very first showing on Thursday, which we probably should have now. Yeah, no, but hindsight. people from the from Europe were tweeting yeah, stuff, yeah. So, so they got the advanced Someone release. literally tweeted at us the other day before we saw it. It was just the tweet. It was just like, Aunt May dies, all the three Spider-Men show up. Yeah. And that was the tweet. And all I did was look at my notification, our notifications on the Twitter accounts. Like, yeah. that was it. It's like, wow. Yeah. You know what? There's a special place in reserve, is reserved in hell for people like you and those kinds of people. But, but also pe so... people on YouTube throwing up videos with thumbnails of it. showing, like, Toby or Andrew. And it's like, you can't avoid a thumbnail on YouTube. It's, it's on the page. It's yeah. not like you... 
it's like and there's no warning for that so that happened for me as well i saw an image of toby um like all bloodied and stuff so that spoiled that for me but so it would have been i wish i could have walked into it completely blind yeah um but uh, for any of you who did and didn't look at spoilers i hope it was just really satisfying to see these great reveals yeah because it was so emotional even though i knew aunt may was d gonna die i was expecting i was waiting yeah. for it the entire film unfortunately and while it was happening i'm like oh here it is and I'm like, even when they try to make it seem like she was going to be okay when she stood up after yeah. she got hit by the glider. But her hand's shaking. And then, um, told me did a great then job. I'm like, I know she's going to die at some point yeah. in the scene. It was still very emotional. I cried, I think, three times during this movie. It was really emotional. I got for choked like a, up a few times. For I like didn't cry, 40, though. I, get, yeah. I, let, I let him out, man. <laughs> for like 40 minutes, this movie had me like by the heart. just like. Oh, I could see it. you were like... Like holding your chin. I was like, yeah. Hey, I was like rubbing my face. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that moment is one of the strongest parts of the film when Goblin shows up because at first it's just Norman when he. Well, Goblin shows up at first, but then some. Um, we didn't. We don't see it, but Norman takes over pretty much immediately, and he abandons Goblin and tries to figure out a, a way of, you know, what's going on and seeking out Peter's help. And I like how this film showed the split personality of of Norman Osborn Same. that we didn't see in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. They they really missed the mark with Goblin in that film. It, that was one of the weakest parts of the film is uh, their interpretation of Harry Osborn. And they expanded on it from Spider-Man 1 because, yeah. yeah, we saw it with him, like, talking in the mirror and stuff like that, but we never really saw, like, the intense duality of the characters of Norman versus Goblin where it's, like, back and forth, kind of like uh, with uh, um, Gollum and Schmeagol in Lord of the Rings. It was so similar to that. Yes, it was like that great scene when Willem Dafoe is just talking to himself in the mirror um, and Norman's learning that Goblin is inside of him because um, those elements are in the first half of Spider-Man but then Goblin pretty much takes over for the, the last half of that movie but I really loved seeing the, the dual personality of fighting for, for um, Norman Osborn's body and mind and I think it was the movie needed Goblin because um, halfway through the film it, it was getting a little slow and yeah, little, it kind of uh, got a little, like, I wouldn't say stale, light, but like, it was kind of like slowing down a little bit, like when it, they're all at the apartment It and didn't stuff feel like, like there were any stakes going on, so yeah. I was I was kind of like, okay, I mean, this is fun, it's cute, they're all at, at Happy's apartment, like, but I, I was like, we, we need something. And then when Goblin shows up, messes that building up, pretty much messes up Peter, kills Aunt May, you're like, okay, we needed Goblin, we needed yeah. this big time killer villain to really show us the stakes in this movie and Willem Dafoe was so great it's so nice to see him as Goblin again I think this was his best performance as Goblin he showed new facets to the character like when Peter is just wailing on him in the face like punching him over and over again at one point Goblin just ends up like maniacally smiling like enjoying getting punched in the face it's just it was such a great performance so great to see Willem back in that role and yeah I think that he really made the movie it, he added so much stakes to the movie in terms of conflict that we needed. Yeah, and he was more evil than we'd ever seen him before, yeah. but also more human because we saw that human part of him who's a victim to the wrath of, of Goblin inside of him. And I think that Goblin proved himself to be the ultimate Spider-Man villain he in is. this movie because yeah. he's the catalyst for the other villains. You know, he's like, we're gods. We shouldn't have to give up our power for yeah. gods of gods, and we should stay that. We should keep our powers. And I loved how they revealed how Goblin just turned into Norman secretly and took over the body after, you know, they were trying to cure everyone because, you know, Peter Parker, one of his weaknesses, you might say, is his empathy or his morality, but really that's what sets him apart and makes him such a great hero in the end of the film as well. But, you know, he thinks he can cure everybody and he wants to. He wants to do the right thing rather than letting them go to their deaths. And obviously Goblin won't let that happen. And that's I love the reveal because the Spidey sense, I think, was done so well in this movie where the Spidey sense was a lot. They drew it out a little more, which yeah. I liked. I enjoyed. Usually it's like a couple seconds when they do a Spidey sense. But like it was like an entire like 15 second sequence of Tom's spider sense tingling. And where we're like, oh, who's who's flipping? Which villain is flipping right now? And it leads to him to Goblin. And he figures yeah. it out. Oh, yeah. it was That was a great moment and great cam work. They also had a really good long take in the first act of the film when um Peter and, and MJ go to his apartment, yeah. and, and it's a great long take where they show up in the bedroom, Aunt May and Hogan. Oh, Happy Hogan is a highlight of this movie. He's cracking. <laughs> it's like, so he's, funny. He's, she's breaking up with it's him. Just a fling. The, it's so funny. <laughs> and he's crying. It's great. And then MJ and Peter show up. Then they go into the living room. He's pulling down the curtains, and they look at the news, and then they look outside. It's all one take. They did a great job with that shot. Yeah, it really was. I like that a lot. But, I mean— this movie starts fast. It gets going right away, which I like so much. Rather than just like giving us a ton of exposition, let's go. 
everyone knows Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Let's get it going. And then we get into the story of Peter getting the idea of making, having, convincing Doctor Strange to cast that spell because he's got to take responsibility for what's going on. Obviously, even though it's not his fault that um, Mysterio left that, that message which lied about him being a villain and cast the world against him. But now MJ and Ned, their lives are affected for the, forever. Their lives are kind of ruined, you could say, because they know Peter Parker. So th I like that because I, with the trailer, I didn't really fully accept the, what I thought was the motivation. I, I thought it was like, he, Doctor Strange and Peter are really going to do this just because like he doesn't want people to know he's Spider-Man. They lied in the trailer yeah. a lot. But in the, but in the movie, it's like, oh, it's really affecting not just his lives, but everyone he loves lives really negatively, and, and it's affecting the futures of MJ and, and Ned. So I then I was like, okay, I can totally get behind his motivation to want to do this in order to, you know, help prevent his friends' lives from being destroyed because of him. Yeah, you know, Marvel, their trailers, I never will believe what their trailers never. show us again because there's so much dialogue in the trailers that was cut from the film. Yeah. Like, all the dialogue between Wong's Wong, line. Wong and Doctor Strange in the trailer where he's like, don't cast that spell, Strange, then Strange winks at Peter. Not in the film. Yeah. No, that's in the movie. It's completely different dialogue. So, obviously, they film scenes clearly different ways to see what works, and they're probably putting stuff in trailers to throw you off the scent yeah. and lying to you. But, yeah, I don't love it so much, but I get why they do it. I hate it. I it's hate it. I'm annoying. like, come on. That's, if it's not in the movie, don't put it in the trailer. Yeah. It's my thing. So, they're just like making dialogue for yeah. trailers, which is very smart marketing. But that also misled a lot of people because people kept saying in our comments, like, oh, I bet Doctor Strange is actually this guy who's, like, taking Mephisto. over Mephisto. So because he's, why would why would Doctor Strange do that spell, especially if Wong warns him not to? So that definitely threw people off. I think that Marvel knows what they're doing in terms yeah. of enticing fans to really debate amongst themselves beforehand and mm -hmm. kind of go crazy. Genius marketing. And um, there's, there's something else. Well, Doctor Strange, yeah. his involvement in general wasn't even close to as sinister or as selfish or arrogant. As I was kind of right with my prediction. Is what I thought yeah. it was going to be like. I thought it was going to be him being super arrogant. But, like, it seems like the spell he was going to cast wasn't a huge deal. But the fact that Peter kept trying to change it at the end five, six times, that's what caused it to be uncontainable and out of control and why he had to stop it. Yeah, and I, I predicted that he would be the antagonist, but not, like, an evil person. He's just the catalyst. Because, like, Doctor Strange, he's getting more movies and he's part of the Avengers He's gonna be like I think the leader of the Phase yeah. Five. Yeah, probably. I never would have. I wouldn't have seen him as like a villain so in this can, movie. He's he's like the leader of the MCU right now. You know he's what I mean? Probably gonna be he's him. Like, he's like the new Stark. Yeah, or Cap and like Captain Marvel yeah. and maybe Scarlet Witch if she's a, a villain or antagonist. We don't. I mean, a protagonist or antagonist. We don't fully know yet for that. Yeah, I think I think that we'll find out in Multiverse of Madness what exactly is going on with Wanda. But, but I think one of the best parts of the movie is obviously all the action and the fight sequences because Fe Peter battles like eight different people in this movie. He even battles Doctor Strange for a little bit, which is really cool and fascinating I, I, to watch. I totally fought Doctor Strange and I beat him. <laughs> it was so funny. And um, I mean, him versus Goblin multiple times is epic. I, I love the fight in the hallways, like going through the floors and ceilings and stuff like that. It was so epic to like see their power on display. It's in great because Go Goblin always beats Peter. He's he beats Peter multiple times. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's really Peter's in all heart. The movies. It's Peter's yeah. heart in in like intuition that really saves him every time. Yeah, against Goblin. Exactly. And then you know we get the reveal of all the new villains. And Lizard pretty much is the same. Lizard's lizard. Yeah, Lizard's the lizard. He just oh. wants to turn everyone to a yeah. lizard. Yeah, Electro <laughs> Electro is much more improved. Yeah, like, and I think Jamie Fox was really. In encouraged by this film to really, you know, let me get another shot at Electro. Yeah, he brought so much more swagger to the yeah. role, more energy. It was more know. Jamie Foxx. Yeah, it was that's what we were himself. saying. We were like, let's that just make it Jamie Foxx. That should have been Electro. He's, already, he's amazing as he is. Imagine if Amazing Spider-Man 2 was him, that Electro, yeah. it would have been so much better. Much yeah, better movie. Sick. And Electro, They might have made a third Super Spider-Man. <laughs> legit, yeah. And he ended up being probably the most powerful villain Probably, of, yeah. Because he was he's unstoppable because he got yeah. the arc reactor. So that's just an incredible concept to think that, like, if you went back, like, 10 years ago and thought, like, in the MCU at some point, Electro is going to be in here from Amazing Spider-Man 2 and he's going to have access to an arc reactor. Yeah, like, that would have blown my freaking mind. Yeah, but, like, wild. now it's like, ah, oh, it's no big deal. It happened. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say with Electro, it, it doesn't make sense him being there because he never learned who Peter Parker, that Pe Spider-Man was Peter Parker in their movie. Okay. So, so the, the, it doesn't make sense because the spell ended up being that anyone who knew that Spider-Man was Peter Parker was sent back. It sent into this dimension. Yeah, so I was actually thinking about that a which lot. Which was my prediction so, from the trailer. All right, so Jamie Foxx, Electro, new powers, but now he wants to stay there. Mm -hmm. But how is Electro there? You know, if he ne we never saw an Amazing Spider-Man 2 Max know who Peter was. Yeah. He never learns his identity. We never see that happen. Spider-Man always has his mask on. And then when, he, yeah. when Peter removes his mask... 
on the Statue of Liberty after Ma- after Max loses all of his powers, and he reveals like, oh man, oh I thought you were gonna be black. Exactly. So like yeah. he didn't know what Peter looked like, but I think you can assume that maybe he under he learned who Peter Parker's identity was in terms of like Spider Man is Peter Parker because remember when they're in the the basement? What's the basement called that they're all trapped in? Like the Rogue Gallery of them all. It's like oh yeah yeah the the. The, the wizard's basement. Yeah, the wizard's basement. Yeah. Which is called. I can't remember the, yeah, the word. Yeah, it's a complicated was. name. Um, it's like the convent or something yeah, like yeah. that, right? So Electro is explaining that he was on a power grid absorbing data before he got pulled into that universe. So maybe we can assume that while he was absorbing all that data, he learned somehow through some sort of data that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. Maybe from someone Just else. Just a name. Maybe from someone else knowing that he was somewhere on like a computer or something in the world. Maybe he was accessing all the information in the world because like he's an so AI. powerful. Yeah. And then maybe that's where he learned that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, but I don't know who who Peter Parker is or what, what he, he looks, looks like. like, but I know the identity is named Peter Parker. So I think that would be, I think that's what they put in to reveal that like he absorbed so much data that he learned everything in the world. Maybe, maybe all the data that's on uh, digital information, maybe he consumed everything and saw that. That's a great, I mean, well, I wish they did that with the character in the in Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, that would have been cool. That much, that powerful. But again, he got dr- pulled in right before he died. So yeah. he was absorbing that right before he dies yeah. in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. So that's the interesting concept, I think, that they're all being pulled in right before their death from Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I think Doc Ock's, Doc Ock's entrance was epic because it's Doc Ock as a villain. After, you could say, his first couple meetings with Spider-Man in Spider-Man 2. And uh, he knows who Peter is. He knows who Peter Parker is in terms of him being Spider-Man. And the, the the fight on the highway is really great. I think that something obviously I love the fight sequences in Spider-Man Two. I think Spider-Man Two is still my favorite Spider-Man movie. It has the best fight scenes. I think this might be number two for me on the list. But I think Spider-Man Two, Doc Ock versus Spider-Man, are like the best sequences we'll ever see. I think in a fight because there's epic up the I, building and yeah. on the subway. On the, but, yeah, the train is amazing. But one thing I always had like a con I always have with those fight scenes is that Doc Gawk take his, takes punches and like kicks yes, Spider-Man yes. like no problem. Like yeah. he like he should That's, be, his head should be falling off his body. Because he's not super powered. Yeah. It's the tentacles. But what yeah. they did a great job in this movie is he like never gets touched by Peter Parker because the tentacles, he dodges the punches and kicks so well and the tentacles usually block it. So I don't even think he takes a punch from Peter in this movie, which I think was really smart. That's what I've always thought watching Spider-Man 2 as amazing as the sequences are and they are the best Spider-Man fight scenes. No, I don't think they'll ever be talking but Doc Ock is his body he's just a normal human being he's not super powered like Norman Osborn is so he shouldn't be able to take like a punch from Spider-Man and not fuck not have his head cave in he gets multiple yeah. punches to the face he's like oh it's no big deal it's like yeah. you're not even like a boxer and you can take a punch from Spider-Man like yeah. that's like, exactly the iron I, I, th- I think that Sam Raimi was like people aren't gonna notice that the first time they watch it yeah I mean you know it's a superhero I mean? movie it's yeah. 2003 four, 2004 whatever. yeah whatever but I just I think that even watching this as great as the fight scenes are what Sam Raimi did with that train scene was really absolutely phenomenal. And the, the skyscraper one is really fantastic. But that train fight, I think it's hard. It could be the best superhero fight of all time. I really think so. It could be up there. Yeah, like number one. Yeah, I also, I still love uh, Batman versus Bane in Dark Knight Rises. Ba- yeah, that's a great fight when Bane, when Bane yeah. beats Batman, I love that, yeah. that scene so much. That's, that's one of my favorites as Not well. Not in terms of like how amazing the choreography is, but in terms of just like the stakes. What it the, means. The emotional yeah. impact of that scene yeah. is just incredible. 100%. Um, but it's it's pretty epic. And then, I, I think the best fight in this movie was the Goblin versus Peter. Um, in the apartment building. Me too. That, that was, was so great. fun. Yeah, I wanted. It was to keep... brutal. Yeah, because you hadn't seen you hadn't seen Tom like go through like a brutal fight like that. Like the, he's he's been in wrecks and he's stuff. Been hit like by Thanos yeah. and whatnot. But like actually like getting like brutally beaten by someone that hadn't been done before for Tom's character yet. Like yeah. it reminded me of Peter versus um, Goblin in Spider-Man One in that in that abandoned bit building. Like Peter just getting laid out by Goblin punched over and over again. It reminded me of that. I think they tried, wanted to capture, like, let's get Peter in a situation like that Toby scene where Toby feels like it looks like Toby's literally going to get beaten to death. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. That was so refreshing to see, I think, especially in, a, in an MCU movie, watching the hero get pummeled and just, yeah. like, have no hope left at all. Mm-hmm. And so the last year and a half has put a lot of stress and fatigue on the world. It's no denying. And we think it's so important to start placing your mental health as a top priority in your life. And we have a brand new sponsor that we're so happy to be working with, Better Health which is an online professional therapy and mental health service. This is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. Use the link betterhelp.com raiders and get 10% off your counseling the first month. That's betterhelp, 
H-E-L-P.com slash Raiders. Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? What interferes with your happiness? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, everything. Anything you share is confidential. It's affordable. And you can message your therapist anytime you want you don't have to limit you and you don't have to limit yourself to professionals just in your zip code that you find we want you to start living a happier life today and as a listener of the show you'll get 10 percent off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com raiders join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health today again that's betterhelp.com raiders and if you're watching on YouTube or on social media, you may have noticed that Anthony and I have some brand new laptops on our desk, courtesy of LG. These are the 17-inch LG Gram ultra-lightweight laptops. The cool thing about them is their 16 by 10 aspect ratio versus 16 by 9, which means more vertical space. Great for writing notes, great for editing our episodes and videos, but most importantly, great for watching all the movies you want, especially any Marvel MCU film or, or Spider-Man movie if you got to catch up. and just want, If you want to binge all the Spider-Man movies before you watch No Way Home, or just to get in the mood, watch them all on an LG Gram light, um, laptop. These are exceptional displays. I binged the entire show of Succession on this thing. I loved it so much. Not to mention, they're shockingly light. They almost feel hollow. We'll put links to the 16-inch and 17-inch models of the LG Gram ultra lightweight laptops. Thank you so much to LG for sponsoring the show for the rest of the year. There's another moment that I was confused, um, aside from the Electro one, was... When the first when when Peter first steals the box with the spell in it, and then Doctor Strange like easily um, takes takes a hold of him outside of the sanctum, does the astral and projection. does the astral projection, and then Peter's body is ma- is managing to uh, evade uh, Doctor Strange from grabbing the box still, and, and the Strange was like, "How are you doing this?" And in um, Peter's inside, he is astrally projected, and he's that, able to fly back into his body. Yeah, that was something that I just. Didn't really understand how that was possible. I'm assuming it's just his spider senses. I think it's similar to how when the blip happens, he takes so long to fade away because of his spider powers and Mm -hmm. spider senses. I think that maybe there are things that he doesn't even know he knows how to do yet at some point, and we don't know how to do. So I'm just assuming it's just his spider powers, maybe his spider instincts, because he's not doing it. It's his body controlling itself, reacting naturally to Doctor Strange. So I'm assuming it's just like his spider reflexes. Right, spider reflexes. That's my assumption. That's a good point. That's what I'm thinking. I'm I'm sold on that. Yeah, I mean, thanks for for clearing that up. It's, it was like, how's he doing? How is he doing that? It's Spider-Man. Yeah, but I yeah. think it's just Spider-Man doesn't even know all his powers. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. I can get behind that. Hey, you're welcome, man. I was That was like, huh, how's that possible? There's there's something in this movie that I'm still confused about, though. What's that? Like, I've, I've been thinking about all the things, but there's one that I'm, I'm like, a little off on. So, well, actually, two things. Um, So, the spell, when they cast it, you know, it's for everybody in the world to not remember Peter Parker as Spider-Man. That's the original spell. And then yeah. the final spell eventually is for everyone to forget Peter Parker ever existed. Yeah. So, like, he has no identity at the end of the film, which I think is great. We'll get to that later. So, I was talking to my buddy Hater about this last night. So, we were talking about how, you know, Nick Fury's off-world. They say that in the first act of the film because Tom's like, just talk to Nick Fury. They're like, oh, he's been off. He's off-world for a year, right? Is that yeah. what they say? Yeah. So, does the spell only apply to Earth? Does it only apply to our world versus anyone who's in the universe outside of Earth the spell doesn't apply to them at all. So, like, Nick Fury, maybe he'll come back and the new Spider-Man re- reboot be like, hey, what's up, Peter Parker? Peter be like, how do you know who I am? <laughs> you know, will Captain Marvel know? Will the Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy Well, everyone who's... Because, obviously, he lost all of his ties to Avengers on Earth, or all the people on Earth who knew who he was, but does anyone who was off-world, off-Earth, the spell not affect them at all? I think it affects everyone in this universe, mm-hmm. as, a, as opposed to this part of the multiverse. Everyone in this universe... In this reality, who knows who Peter Parker is? I think it just depends on how you define the word world. Does the world the word world mean just your planet and your home, or does it mean the universe? I'm saying universe. I think the other. I think oh. the, I think the opposite. I think maybe that- Doctor Strange can't reach that far. I don't know because Doctor Strange can access other dimensions. It makes sense that he could make a spell that would affect the, this entire reality. Yeah, but I think just the, the the specification of the word world, rather than saying universe, rather than saying dimension, all because he could have used those words. You know, this yeah. it's just the world. I think that anyone who wasn't on Earth. Will remember Peter Parker. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think the, the specifics of the spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's just one thing that I'm just still like, we don't know what that means at all. I yeah. think, and because there's a reason why they put that on there. Why would they say Nick Fury's been off world? Why they? Yeah. Why not just say like Nick Fury's been gone for a year? We don't know where yeah. he is. And but although at the end, when this, when he, when Strange does the final spell, which I think was necessary for for Peter's for Tom Holland's Peter, I, I think it's it was a great. Um, story arc for his character to have everyone forget who he is. We'll we'll talk about that next. But what I was 
what I thought was missing from that moment was we didn't see like when MJ and Ned's my memory of him were, was erased. And they would have been like, why am I on this ch- broken Captain America shield on the Statue of Liberty? Well, maybe it happens like in the morning when they wake up. Maybe it's not so? like maybe it's not instant. That's something. So because so, then they would be so so yeah. confused. Like, that's, why am I here? So that's what I was confused about. Like, when did their memories of Peter um, t- get taken away? Was it when Strange made that spell? Because also Strange would have been like, um, I'm floating on top of the Statue of Liberty. What's going on? So because, there's a whole because, reality change. Yeah, because if you if you can't remember Peter, you wouldn't remember the experience with Peter because Peter's involved in the in the entire um, sequence of events. Well, you remember Spider Man, so you remember you were just with Spider Man, but you just don't remember that it's Peter. Maybe, maybe that's you, the way that would have because yeah, like then obviously Ned and MJ would be like, why was I here? On that's this? what I was confused yeah. about. So I I was curious like wh- why we weren't shown when it was when it happened that they. Forgot about Peter. That's something that was missing for me at the end. Yeah, I'm because because sure, yeah. like, were, did I were that either their entire memories of the entire sequence of events erased, or were they of just Peter and they can still remember Spider Man? And also because like because Peter notices MJ's band aid on her forehead. So I mean, when did she? Maybe I don't know. Maybe when they fell asleep, they forgot him. Maybe Doctor Strange brought them home or something. Yeah, I, maybe but, but, but Doctor Strange forgets his Peter too. Yeah, that's a really good question because also. Another great question with the spell. Does actually? How about we head into our intermission, then we'll get yeah, to we'll that. Yeah, we're gonna leave, Ooh, you, we're gonna leave yeah. you on a cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Let's get to our intermission. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually kind of getting good at our jobs now. <laughs> All right, movie intermission time. Let's start with the movie quote competition. You know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. <laughs> it's Will Smith and Men in Black. Yes, sir. It's a good one. I have one from a fan. This is a good one. Where is it? Yeah, where is it, man? People are listening. We put them on a cliffhanger, and now they have to deal with your BS scrolling on your phone. <laughs> oh, we did that last week. <laughs> Never mind. Wow. Yeah, we, we already did that one. Okay, I got one. I shall call him Squishy, and he shall be mine, and he shall be my Squishy. Come on, Squishy. Come on, little Squishy. <laughs> oh, this is is this a Pixar movie? Oh, what is it? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's... It's not Nemo. No, no, no. It's what? I, want me to say it again? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I shall call him Squishy, call, and he like, shall be mine. He, he shall be mine, and he shall be my Squishy. Come on, Squishy. Come on, little Squishy. What is this? I can't remember. It's Finding Nemo. Find, it is Nemo. Yeah, it's yeah a story. Was, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, never mind. All right, guest movie release year: Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Nineteen ninety-two. Not ninety-two. Eighty-eight. Yeah. Damn it. Fucking a. I'm sorry for swearing. <laughs> oh, is it 89? No, it's 89. I'm sorry. You were wrong either way. 1989. Guess this movie release year. The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. 2004. Yes. Yeah. Good one. Movie pop quiz time. What was Andrew Garfield's first film role? You actually showed me this movie. Boy A. Yeah. It's a great movie. 2004, I think. He got a BAFTA TV win. Yeah, I saw, I, I, I saw that when it came out. I was like, this is that an is amazing a, movie. He's such a trem- amazing actor. And like when I first saw that movie, I'm like, this guy, is, this kid's going to be a star. I he's rented so, it at Blockbuster. He's so young. <laughs> yeah. It was a DVD. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's right. <laughs> Man. You guys should, everyone should check it out. Boy A. It's his first uh, role in yeah, the film. Yeah, he's really fantastic. It's a tragic, tragic movie. Yeah. All right, here's my quiz. What Martin Scorsese movie did Willem Dafoe star in? Passion of the Christ, or the what's it called? Um, gotta get the title right. Uh, Last Temptation of Christ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not Mel Gibson. He played J. Christ. J. J. C. J. C. All right. Uh, we have any haters of the week? Any unsubscribes? What do we got? Yeah. Any real haters? No real haters. I looked. I couldn't find any. Well, besides all the people that are tweeting at us, we yeah, can all those... that they hate us so much that they wanted to spoil the movie. Just yeah. Because what kind of person does that? Dude, I couldn't believe it. Like I was you're so you're mad. tweeting at. Just two dudes who run a movie podcast to enjoy film, and then you're just ruining the movie for them. And also, I had to, like, I was, after we got spoiled on TikTok, people kept, like, I was, I, then I was like, I need to keep an eye on the comments so other, our fans don't get spoiled. Yeah, we, I blocked and deleted every, yeah. every one, but still, it's like, I deleted, also, I deleted, deleted three spoilers, and I was yeah. like, okay, I guess I know what happens in the movie. They're not now. just trying to spoil it for us, they're trying to spoil it for all our fans, yeah. too, which is really unfortunate that yeah. people in the world are like that. Yeah. And so, um, in our Spider-Verse episodes, Leo Tear DJ said, the fact that you didn't choose Noir Spider-Man as your favorite and that he's voiced by Nick Cage is disgraceful. Unsubscribed. <laughs> Into the Spider-Verse. And then I have a top comment this week. Code Black commented on our Empire episode. These guys are both very attractive. They must get a lot of girls, or if they are in relationships, they banged a lot of girls. 
I died when I read that. Best comment of the year. It's so I freaking I laughed out loud so hard. So people kept DMing us like, "Did yeah. you like pay someone to write that?" <laughs> Dude, it was so funny. I don't even think to pay someone to it write was that. So funny. Oh my Hysterical. god. You got anything else? I have um, <laughs> Vuitton and Thamp called us out on the Office episode. How do you do a whole podcast on the Office and not mention that Carol is Steve Carell's real real life wife? Yeah, we didn't unsubscribe. Right, we didn't. I totally forgot to say that. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, not eight seasons of a show. And then, when then our Godfather tier shout out of this episode is Grayson Younts, our great fan. He's been uh, with the show for a very long time, and he just joined and upped onto the godfather tier on our patreon which has a ton of amazing perks like a free sticker access to zoom calls and extra bonus episodes that only the godfather tier episodes have so thanks for the support grace thanks pal and uh for our support of the week also we have a five-star review from yeah yeah another pretentious movie podcast the title was <laughs> clickbait this podcast is hands down the best movie pod out there these guys are legitimately the best podcast in the business i can't tell you how many times these guys have got me through a tough day with all the laughs and ongoing jokes as well as all superb insight on movies and TV. I anticipate every new episode and look forward to many more. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate that. That's really Thanks sweet. so much. And all we right. have two questions from our fans. We, we're doing this new thing where um, ask us questions and we'll answer them on the show. And so T squared 12, T2 asked, was the host feud staged on our Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> that was actually inspired by um, Rob McElhinney Rob McElhinney and Glenn, Glenn Howerton on Always Sunny yeah. Philadelphia. So on their Instagram accounts while they were filming like a couple seasons ago, they had a, like a, a feud on, on their, their stories. Instagram stories. And like one of them was like Glenn Howerton going off on Rob while eating a salad. And I sent it to Anthony <laughs> like, we got to do something like this. It'd be so funny. And it was yeah. it just like after that, it was like every day. It was just so fun and organic. But I, we stopped doing it because some people thought we were actually feuding. We were going to. Yeah. The show, but it was just a lot of fun. It was great. I sometimes I'll just go back and watch all those stories. It's hysterical. They're, they're brilliant. It's right there on the highlight on our Instagram yeah, page. If you want to check them out, just right there in the highlights. And then uh, maybe we should make like, a video and put it on on YouTube. Oh yeah, definitely. That'd be pretty funny. That'd be awesome. And then mm, Kelly asked, "What was your last favorite episode to do of the podcast?" My last favorite? Well, they're all my favorites, obviously. But um, you get a pick. Get a pick one. Pick. I feel like anytime we do Nolan, so like I think the Prestige that was one of my all-time favorite episodes to do in general, and that was that was like four months. What ago. about lately though? Like the last couple months? Um, what have we done lately? Uh, we've done a lot of. St- oh, Man of Steel. Man of Steel was great. Goodwill Hunting was a good yeah, one. Yeah, Goodwill was a lot. Of fun. I enjoyed doing Goodwill Hunting, so I'd I'd pick that one. Yeah, Man of Steel for me. Nice. Thanks for the questions, guys. All right. Um, on this day in film history, in 1946, it's A Wonderful Life premiered. In 1974, The Godfather Part Two premiered. In 1996, Scream is released. In 2002, Gangs of New York is released. And happy birthday to Todd Phillips and Jonah Hill. My streaming recommendation for this episode is Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is on Amazon Prime. And I recommend Raising Arizona is on Amazon Prime as well. Joel and Ethan Cohen directed it with Holly Hunter and Nick Cage. It's very funny. All right, back to the cliffhanger I so ignor- uh, annoyingly left you guys on. So we were talking about the spell and how Anthony was saying that, like, does it does – when does it does go the into real, effect? Did the reality change? Did did uh, did MJ and Ned get put back? Did they wake up like, why am I here on the Statue of Liberty? Did Doctor Strange like, why am I here at the Statue of Liberty? Does everyone forget that? Do they remember they were with Spider-Man? Like, why was I with Spider-Man on the Statue of Liberty? And also all the stuff before that Spider-Man show up, they're with Peter. Yeah, and, so, and Happy Hogan obviously yeah. doesn't remember Spider-Man. But you wouldn't you think that because he dated Aunt May that he was her nephew. So everyone's forgotten Peter Parker. In yeah. general, so he doesn't exist. And I think that they showed it all. And also I'm curious, do all records... Were That's all what I, rec- I wanted to see a shot so of they, like... They got something. So were uh-huh. all records, were all digital information of Peter Parker gone and wiped from existence? I'm going to say yes because in his apartment, when, he's, when he walks in moves into his single bedroom apartment, the studio in New York, he has a GED test book yeah so obviously he doesn't exist he has no identity so he's probably trying to build an identity i have to take the ged to prove that i have a high school degree or i I can get a high school degree then i'll go on from there and now everyone know i'm a genius still but so it seems like all records of peter parker have been wiped from existence i would have liked to see a couple of shots of remember when hermione erases her parents mind in deathly hallows part one and the images she she disappears disappears in all the photos i would have i think it would have been really emotional yeah obliviate it would have been really emotional to show like maybe uh, MJ has like photos of them on her wall in her bedroom, and they, he gets erased from those photos. And same thing with Ned. So I think that would have been awesome in Aunt May's house as well. So that could have, I think that could have been really emotional to see. But I think what 
Marvel again, they're so smart and clever that they're making us all go talk crazy about, about it, it and yeah. talk about it. So like, why why do we have to tell you? Why don't you guys talk about it and figure it out yourselves? I'm yeah, I'm just curious to like how exactly when it when it happened and how it happened. I think we'll learn I think, more. I think it's really complicated. So maybe they were they avoided it because they're like, we don't really have to be specifically showing what happened. Not yet. The audience will accept it, no problem. And I think we'll probably learn more in Multiverse of Madness. And yeah. you, there's no obviously we're gonna learn more in the rest of the Marvel movies because they're all interconnected in some way. Mm -hmm. You know, we get little glimpses here and there. Like obviously we have the great cameo of Matt Murdock, Daredevil, in this yeah. movie, which also ties into Hawkeye. Where I won't spoil if you haven't seen Hawkeye, who the big villain in Hawkeye becomes is connected obviously with with Murdoch and now Murdoch's connected in this world as well so like they're all interconnected and we're getting little pieces of information all over the place who's the villain in Hawkeye I don't want to spoil it if people haven't seen it yet okay I'll tell you it. I'll, 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 I'll whisper I'll, I'll mouth it to you on camera okay yeah yeah that's yeah. what I figured yeah yeah, that's, yeah. So it's Green Goblin, he said. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Joker from the Dark Knight. <laughs> no, it's Joker, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that I really like the ending of the film because I know I've got people have given me flack for this, but I've never really felt like the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies were Spider-Man movies. I know like people love all the other characters being involved in the other movies and you know crossovers and stuff, but what I think always made Toby's film is so great is it's just him and in Spider-Man 1 and 2 you, there's still like so much of Stark going on I, I, whether it's actually Stark in number 1 or the Stark Industries tech in number 2 Captain America's in Captain America one yeah. a lot. so it, it never really felt like it's Spider-Man's movie fully but I think, and so that was always like, why I never put Tom Holland as my favorite Spider-Man movies? Well, what about Far From Home? Like Far From Home, I'm t this the, the Stark tech is just so involved. Yeah, and plus you know? Nick Fury's in it. Yeah, Nick so, Fury's in it. He's got the Avengers vibe. Yeah, like, and oh, Mysterio's going to be an Avenger. And the Mysterio worked for Stark. You yeah. know what I mean? So I think it was for, still, for, yeah. Even though Stark's not there, and I know he lost Stark and he's a father figure. The glasses. That's are... fine too. But like having the, like the tech there, it still felt like two MCU Avengers e, but. Ending this movie on the note where Peter Parker is now completely on his own, and I love I love the the high tech suits, but I never I've I've never been a huge fan of like the Iron Man type spider suits. You know what I mean? It's cool in in like uh, in small doses. I, I and, think, and of course he needs it when he goes into space. But I've always preferred like the classic suits, and then. When I think the, even Tom Holland's Spider-Man, I think Peter Parker even prefers that. That's why he exactly. wants the suit with the paint all over. He's like, I'm trying to get the paint off. I want my suit back. Exactly. So when Peter, first of all, loses his identity, is lost to the world, and he's completely on his own. And then, you know, he makes this new suit out of just really simple fabric, and it it looks a lot like the animated suit, like that light blue looks on the pants. Not the dark blue, but the, like the the really light aqua almost uh, yeah that that looked great it's like my favorite suit now i think and that final moment when he puts that suit on and he's swinging through new york at christmas time through the snow then i was like oh tom holland is just peter parker spider-man i cannot i'm very excited to see what his new franchise will look like uh, obviously he's going to be involved in the mcu still but i really am looking forward to tom holland just being on his own now yeah it's it's so interesting because that's what peter parker is he's supposed to be this broke kid from queens yes yeah on his own no gadgets no tech except from stuff he develops himself you know he's got his family but now what's even more interesting with peter no longer existing no one remembers him this is the most vulnerable we've ever seen a peter parker in any interpretation you could say in any comic book movie or tv show he's he's so vulnerable because he's the most alone he's ever been he's got no family he has no mj he has no past really now because his past doesn't exist anymore so it's such an interesting start to a franchise where we don't have to worry about an origin story we know the origin story this whole thing's kind of been like an origin story you could say for what peter parker has become now and now we're just going into a franchise of peter parker's peter parker spider-man it's yeah we don't have to worry about the past let's just Three movies. Give me three movies of Tom Holland Spider Man. Let's go. Yeah, and now he's you know he's probably gonna be a photographer now. And he's probably gonna I, he's probably gonna work at the Daily Bugle. And Betty Brant, the actress, um, and Gory Rice, who's been playing Betty in school, she's always had a very minor role, but I guarantee she's gonna have a heavy role in the next trilogy as well as Zendaya. And I bet there's a love triangle, but I, I'm sure she'll show up. And I just I'm looking forward to seeing you know, you know Peter in New York City. Working as a photographer, just trying to make ends meet. Crummy apartment. Uh, work dealing with J. Jonah Jameson. You know, those 
feel like Peter Parker things that you need in, in a Spider-Man movie. And yeah. I, I'm really excited to see Tom Holland in those situations. Yeah, so two things you just brought up that I want to talk about. So J. Jordan Jameson played by J.K. Simmons now in every iteration of the character. Yeah. I think a lot of people are like, why is why isn't he different in the universes? I think it's just because well, he doesn't have hair in this one. Yeah, but he's yeah. it's so he's so perfect for the role. I think they're like, whatever, who cares? Yeah. It's just a gimmick. Everyone like, loves him. We love it. J.K. Yeah. Who else? Why are we going to recast him? Like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. We'll do anything different. No, let's keep him, make him bald with a mustache, a different mustache here, and having a podcast with a green screen behind him. <laughs> the opening was so funny. <laughs> he's just like in his room. But um, I, I don't have. I think it's just fun that it's just a fun thing that they're doing. I don't, I don't think they're thinking too hard about that. That. But then Zendaya was so good in this movie. She's phenomenal. I think it's the best role for an MJ that we've seen for Spider-Man. And her character is so much improved in this film compared to the other iterations. Especially the first one. Yeah, and she yeah. helps Peter so much. She's integral to the, to the success of her mission, Ned, as well, too. She really is like that main emotional connection in the film for Peter, which he never really has had yet. You know, he's never had that deep connection with somebody on camera that we've had because obviously they were like had their thing in the in far from home but they weren't like together yet but now that they're in a relationship and they love each other i think that the most most emotional point of the film for me it wasn't when Aunt May died. It was when him and MJ had to say goodbye to each other for the for the last time. And, you know, she's saying, come find me, come find me. And like, they say, I love you for, for the first time to each other, we can assume. And it's so emotional. I've never seen anything like that in a superhero film, film or in a movie ever where, like, you have to say goodbye to somebody you loved dearly for the last time because they're going to forget you forever. Yeah, and also with this movie, it really felt like they were still kids, you know, because they still are pretty young. And I think that those that trio, they still look young and... The other movies, they still, even though they're high schoolers, they feel like older people, yeah. like late twenties. Yeah. But with this, even by the thir the third one at the end of this film, I was like, oh, they st they they're still kids. I think nice. Zendaya's acting is so yeah. good, and her, her she changes her voice. Yeah. Slowly. If you watch higher her, pitch voice, if you watch her in this yeah. versus like Malcolm and Marie, it's yeah. totally it's like wow, she's tremendous. She actress. made herself feel younger. Yeah. That's what I, she's a really good actor. And she Tom did a good job. Tom brought it in this movie. Yeah. Like he really had a lot to work with, and he went full out. He brought everything he had in this movie. He's tr I think he's terrific in Infinity War, even though he's not in a ton of he's in a good amount of it, but then he's not in a, a ton of Endgame. But I think he's great in Infinity War, but he really shined in this movie. He brought the humor. He brought the action, the stunts, the rage, the emotions, everything. He he knocked it out of the park in this role. Yeah, he's he's had multiple scenes where he's had to say goodbye to someone he loves, and he, he does it really well. Like, he did the, the same thing with Tony Stark. He had to do with Aunt May. Like, watch them die. So it's, it's really tough. It's really yeah. emotional. But that was a really incredible acting, the scene when Aunt May does. I think he did a great job. She did, too. Yeah, Mercy Tomei Mercy stole Tomei was, that. I mean, she's Oscar winner, man. She's awesome. Before we continue, I have to tell you all about MoviePosters.com. Head on over to MoviePosters.com and use our special promo code Raiders10 to get 10% off your order today. If you want to get some Spider-Man posters, be sure to enter our contest by subscribing to our YouTube channel, commenting on this video, your favorite Spider-Man movie, and that enters you into the contest to win a free Spider-Man No Way Home poster from MoviePosters.com. And if you don't win the contest... Head on over to the website and get a poster of any movie you want. They have pretty much every film or TV show imaginable. All sorts of sizes, framing, backlighting, whatever your poster needs are. MoviePosters.com has it. All right. There are a few more things I want to touch on, and then we'll actually dive into a bunch of questions that our fans sent us on Instagram because we want to get your thoughts and what you were curious about and get over that also. But first, I want to talk about, um, I think that some people might be confused about is in terms of like calling MIT like the, I think there's a joke going around, like, oh, all Peter had to do was call MIT and none of this would have happened, which isn't true because yeah. what what causes them to get their second chance to get into MIT is the spell being starting to get cast, bringing in Doc Gawk, forcing Peter to save the woman who works from MIT as she's like a dean or something like that. So if she never of admissions, she ne yeah. he never would have been in that situation. He never would have saved her life, which would have been like she was like, oh, I'm gonna give you a second chance for sure. So like that never would have happened. He, he technically didn't call MIT; he called Flash. Oh, no, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm uh -huh. talking about, like, because then then Doctor Strange after that, it's like, you didn't call MIT. Yeah. That's what I mean. So, like, why didn't you call MIT to see if you could plead your case? Mm -hmm. and he's like, oh, well, it's too late now. But, but, like, even if he did it, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have meant yeah, anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The only reason why they got the second chance is because Doc Ock came in. Mm -hmm. And then he saved the woman yeah. on the highway. So, that I think that that's just a joke. I think that's going to be going around, but it's, it's kind of just proved it false. Yeah. Yeah, you, you totally falsified 100%, that. 100%. Fake news. Fake news. It's a fun, like, meme. Like, oh, all Peter had to do was call MIT. It's like, nah, nah, bro. It's not nah, that simple. It was a joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what else we got? Um, uh, Let's see. I think the revelation of Peter Parker 
we've never seen that before for Peter Parker and Spider-Man. So I think that was so much fun. It was so interesting to watch, like, what would happen if the most famous person on the planet went to your high school? What would that be like? That was so interesting to watch. And, like, obviously everyone— the teachers are so funny. Yeah, the, yeah. obviously—I love how— um. Hannibal. Uh, Hannibal is just like, oh, he, he's a killer. He's a killer. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously all the kids would just be taking photos of you in the hallway, which is super accurate. Yeah. Because we hate when we watch high school like movies and shows. Kids and, don't have their and phones. Kids don't have their yeah. phones. I was like, come on. Like, if you walk through a high school in the hallway, like, I guarantee every kid has a phone out. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just think that the transformation for Peter to go from a kid into a man in this film was the best arc for his character so far. Yeah. And he's I'm, always been a kid in every movie. Yeah. Uh, Michael Giacchino did a great job with the music in this film. I thought it was tremendous. Great I, hearing I, the old scores. I, yeah, I was like, I, I swear, swear, I heard he the Danny Elfman theme. Yeah, I heard. He did, he did the electro theme too. Yes, yeah, so Hans Zimmer electro. It he was did, so He did fun. the Doc Ock. He did the Goblin theme. Yeah, he did them all. There's a there were a lot of great moments. Even like when Otto, when he's a good guy, which is I loved. I love how Otto became a, a protagonist and yeah. helped the Peters out. It's inevitable for him. Yeah, and so I, I really loved how he's talking to Toby. He's like. He's like, Peter, my boy, how, how are, are you? How are you? Y'all grown up. He's like, how are you? I'm like, trying to do better. So it's like, <laughs> oh, man, my heart. Yeah, it reminds you of the dinner table getting talk emotional. Yeah. So it was so great. I was, I'm surprised to like, say something about poetry or Although something. Although you, I will say a lizard kind of took a backseat. <laughs> I don't think anyone really cares <laughs> no, about no lizard. No one cares about lizard. Like lizard, lizard's lizard. He's just there for the fight scenes. He's just in the truck too. Yeah. He's just like chilling by himself. He's like, I guess I'll stay here. Why yeah. can't I be in the apartment? Yeah. <laughs> and then Sandman, he he had a bit of a bigger role than I expected, but he was still pretty much like a side character. Yeah, but I think he was pretty solid. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's fine. But I think Electro really stood out as in terms of the new characters for his new interpretation. And there's that great scene of his reveal in the woods. And I love how the Peter just duct taped his his smartphone to his <laughs> chest and had it on selfie cam with the with the other two, like just just FaceTiming with yeah. him. The concepts are so interesting when we have all the villains in the basement though, and then they learn that they were just about to be killed while fighting Spider-Man, and then Tom doesn't want to send them to their deaths. It's a really great morality character arc. And you know, it does cause them to to turn on him eventually but then he has to fight them and cure them all but to to cure them all instead of letting them go to their deaths which is what Doctor Strange wanted to do because it was part of their fate it's really interesting but I wonder if there will be any repercussions about changing the fate of those other multiverse dimensions on their dimension oh definitely because you know both characters are in the right from their perspectives you know what I mean because Doctor Strange understands how significant this could be in terms and how insignificant it is these Six these few lives compared to the entire multiverse. Plus, compared to Loki with yeah. like the time police and everything that yeah, we're learning. Exactly. So he's like, this is really insignificant. But then Peter's, he really shows his morality of of being a hero of like, I'm gonna save every life I can regardless. And but you know, I think that you know, Strange is like a necessary authority in the MCU of like understanding how important the fabric of reality is yeah and how doing these things can really alter things yeah and this movie got me really excited for multiverse of madness even more than i already was yeah it had because... a great trailer in the post credits yeah. it looks really fun and i like how we didn't spend too much time like i love dr strange in the movie but i like how he wasn't in as much yeah. as i thought he would be in i thought he would be like a, a main character throughout the entire yeah he's but... just first act in climax yeah so but it was really funny i've been hanging over the grand canyon for 12 hours you, he needed your help man <laughs> it, 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 it reminded me of loki when he when thor, when he makes the, him appear again at in thor um ragnarok oh, when he's been falling i've been falling for 20 hours <laughs> 20 minutes 20... <laughs> super funny yeah, yeah, yeah um i think all right so and then the end credit scene with venom mm-hmm so I think the big question I think for now Brock. is how was Venom put into that dimension? You know, he didn't Eddie Brock doesn't oh my know who Peter Parker right. is. So I'm I'm assuming that did, it's the symbiote. Did Venom? No, I'm 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 yeah, I'm assuming the symbiotes are connected. Like is it like a hive mind kind of like in Edge of Tomorrow where there if one symbiote knows something then all symbiotes know anything. And like before, remember the end credits of at the end of well, Venom? Well, Venom explains it in number two. Yes, yeah. at the end of Venom, yeah. Venom 2, he saw him out, uh, uh, symbiotes have known, uh, have traveled all through space and time and all yeah, sorts of stuff. that's definitely it. So I'm assuming that that symbiote knows Peter Parker's identity. That's why he's put that yeah. back there. And that's it's, why he's put back at the end in the post credit scene, he's put back into his old role. It's just shared knowledge. So, so that's totally right. It seems like Venom won't be the villain, I guess, in Tom Holland's Spider-Man. It will be Venom. But is, didn't he get sent back somewhere else? 
No, but the symbiote will be a new venom. Oh, you're right. The symbiote left over on the bar. Yeah, there's you're a right. little, little, totally the little drop. Yeah. Which is a bummer because I would have liked to see Tom I, Hardy that's versus what, Tom Hardy. I know. That was honestly, that was kind of underwhelming for me. Tom versus Tom. I wanted to see Tom Hardy in the universe, and that was uh, that's what I thought was happening. But, but it's mean, a clever way to get venom into the this dimension. Yeah, it makes sense. Because when, when Hardy showed up in the bar in the post credit scene, I'm like, wait, why didn't he get sent back? And then it was like, then I realized, oh, it's before the spell yeah, was and finished. And then Hardy even gets sent there in the first place. Yeah. So it's so not Eddie. Sense. I think it's the symbiote knows Peter Parker. I think we'll have we'll get an Eddie Brock then, a new one, yeah, a, a different Eddie Brock. Yeah, it won't be. It's gonna be someone closer to, to um to Tom's age. So, I wonder who it'll be. Uh, yeah. Anyways, but I think that's why Venom got placed into this MCU. You're right. Timeline You're absolutely now. right. All right. He's absolutely right. All right. And yeah, I love the ending still. I think it's tr it's fantastic. Uh, the Statue of Liberty. It's one of the best endings in the MCU, yeah. I think. And the Statue of Liberty battle was epic. It reminded me so much of X-Men, the first one. Oh, the yeah, The battle yeah. of the Statue of Liberty yeah. and stuff like that. That's so right. it was really reminiscent of that for me. And it was, I mean, I can't believe we saw three Spider-Men swinging from a Captain America shield on the Statue of Liberty in a movie. They like, all, yeah, the, they did the hero landing. It when was they, great. When they finally, like, when they're, like, trying to fight and, and work together, but they're like, oh, we're not doing a good job. I work on my own. Yeah, me too. And then Tom's like, oh, I can do it, man. I've, I've, I've been in a team. I've worked on a team before. And then, <laughs> then they get going. Like, it was epic. Who are like, the Avengers? Are you in a band? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, let's coordinate. And then they run together. They jump. When they jump off the, the edge together, yeah. and they're all like, whoa! Yeah. It's that was the best shot in the movie, I yeah. think, when they're I, all flying through the air. Yeah, that was great. Man. Yeah, I was so much I, fun. I can't wait. We're going to see this again this week. I can't, can't wait. Um, how about we had two questions from fans, and then we'll wrap this thing up. How does that sound? Unless you got something else. Let's wrap it up in a web. All right. <laughs> uh, is this the best Spider-Man film? I'm putting it at number two on my list. I have it at number three. All right. Which universe is Tom Hardy's Venom from? We don't know. I don't think, right? Sony's universe. <laughs> 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 um, let's see. I think we asked this earlier. Do Toby and Andrew's Peters actually? So do Toby and Peters' world forget who Peter Parker was in their world? Yes, you think so? Absolutely. I think it just applies to this dimension. I mean, it could, but I mean, they're part of the spell. Yeah, I think anyone who's just part of the spell. It's, it's interesting. Um, all right, who could you see directing the next three Spider-Man movies? Directing the next three? Who knows? Because it's actually interesting. Because John Waters is the first, I believe. John Watts. Mar John Watts is yeah. the first uh, Marvel director to actually do a full trilogy. Yeah. There have only been directors who've done two of trilogies. Um, I, I mean, I would say they'll probably go with someone who's relatively unknown and yeah. made maybe a couple indie films. All right, let's see what else we got. What's Spider-Man's future in the, in the MCU? We don't know yet. It's, I think it's going to be interesting to see like a grounded version of Tom Holland's Spider-Man. I would love to see a Spider-Man trilogy without MCU characters in it. I think that would be really fun. Um, just, just Spider Man. Uh, how do they, how do they find the audacity to put me on that much of an emotional roller coaster? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think it worked. The other two were lacking in emotional depth. I think. Why is it called No Way Home? Because Peter's home no longer exists, and there's no way to get back. Yeah, it's gone forever. Forever. Why was Electro in the movie? I think we kind of figured yeah, that we, out. Yeah. Um, who's your favorite Spidey in the film? Not ever, just in the film. Garfield. I, I think Andrew, man. Garfield. I think Andrew for me. And yeah. I, I was awesome. Was Jamie Foxx's Electro redeemed? Absolutely. 100%. Um, let's see what else we got. Where was Stark Tower in all of the wide shots? Um, it's a different... Oh, where was it? Was... It should be in New York, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. It should be in New York. Yeah. Was there a full wide shot of the entirety of New York? I don't sure. think so. I don't think a full wide um, landscape. Let's, let's see... How is Tobey Maguire not phased by that stab? He's like, oh, I've, been I've been stabbed, stabbed before. before. <laughs> he has, but he's, he's like, Spider-Man 3, he gets messed up. Yeah, he's taking yeah. a beating, dude. Yeah, also, he, he's super-powered. Uh, so basically, no one remembers Peter Parker exactly, Cammy. His identity is completely gone. gone. He's Dr. Strange. Will Andrew Garfield come back in Morbius? I would love to see Andrew Garfield in the new Spider-Man, but I don't think they're going to do it. I, I, I'd, I'd watch a Spider-Man movie. I absolutely would, but I think it's yeah. just, this was like a curtain call. I think it was a way for them all to say goodbye, you know? Bro, in 10 years, or even 20 years, you wouldn't want to see it? I, no, I want it. Right. I'm just saying they're not going to do it. They'll do it. I want one for each of no, them. Jimmy, the reaction to this was so great. I guarantee they do an Andrew Garfield movie. Not anytime soon, but it's definitely in the cards. I still. want a Tobey Maguire old Spider-Man movie. Too. I want a finale. I want like Toby with a gray beard, like and still kids. doing it. Like like him and MJ just on the Are rocks. <laughs> <laughs> it's your turn to do the dishes. I have to go save people. There are webs everywhere. <laughs> How do I get this off? <laughs> Don't um, even give me that spider sense bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, how they managed to keep the surprise at third act under wraps for so long. I mean, uh, by not showing anything, not having um, any of the actors do press and non-disclosure agreements, yeah, yeah. which will ruin somebody's life if they break those contracts. They probably would have been sued up the a hole yeah. if if they said anything. NDAs are pretty serious, especially, especially with big corporations. Like, well, I will say, Andrew Garfield. People were he, he every interview he gave he had to deny 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 and people were like oh no is he really in it I'm like he's an actor he's a great actor he's obviously acting right now in all these liars. interviews and I, I read somewhere that, like Toby's like going to bars like yeah I'm totally in it man <laughs> no way he's like, I don't care he's like, I don't give I don't give an f I'm Spider Man if you're the first one like Michael Keaton can still say I'm Batman I, I started it all you know <laughs> um, let's see a bunch of how did Electro come back and I think we got that. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, uh, the spell brought back dead villains. Actually, it brought back villains who were about to be killed by Spider-Man. Fighting Spider-Man, not killed by From Spider different timelines. Um, but not Uncle Ben or Gwen, who are also dead. So, it's a good question. Oh, why wow. Doesn't, why doesn't Gwen or MJ come back? Uncle Ben never knew that Peter was Spider-Man, so he would never yeah, come yeah. back. But Gwen and she MJ, they both that's knew. interesting that they never came. I, I was expecting them almost to be in the movie. They should be in the movie, yeah. Unless it was, unless it goes, it ha they have to be interacting with Spider-Man, hence why they all were brought back right before their deaths at Spider-Man's hands. But interacting with Spider-Man, it could have been any time that they were making that out with that <laughs> <laughs> Like getting coffee. <laughs> They're like in bed, like, oh my god, what's going on? <laughs> Actually, that's a great point. They, yeah, I mean, I MJ they and Gwen should have been sent back. Maybe to... it would have just been too complicated story-wise, I guess. I don't know. Maybe like... they couldn't. Maybe they tried to get the actresses, but they couldn't. Because the spell was... I'm sure they would have came back. <laughs> the, I mean, maybe it just didn't work out scheduling-wise. Yeah, who knows? Maybe they didn't want to be in it. Yeah, maybe. You never know. I mean, maybe they're just, like, done. All right, where is Nick Fury? Somewhere off-world. We don't know yet. Why did Aunt May, Aunt May have to die? I think they wanted to reboot Spider-Man with Tom Holland, and I think... You know, Spider. He needs the lost character. He needs, he he needs, needs his Uncle Ben, or yeah. Yeah. So that's his Uncle Ben. So yeah. honestly, you could say that that was the best Uncle Ben scene we've ever had. Yeah. With Aunt May doing the lines and everything. I don't know. The first Uncle Ben one with Toby just like bawling his eyes out. That's great. Um. Let's see. Are Ned and MJ done in the MCU for time being? I, I, I'm sure they'll be back for Tom's new Spider-Man. Ned will be a sorcerer. It seems like. If, but will he remember that he's magic? Oh, good point. So I don't know. Well, like, I mean, he's he. I mean that—that's the whole thing we were talking about the conundrum. Like, but he do they a, remember they were so with Spider-Man? He needs a sling ring to be able to do stuff, so he may never know that he's magic. Where the new suit come from? He made it. He made that. That's why yeah, the, hence so, the, the sewing, sewing machine. machine and stuff like that. And you could tell it like he it got looked, it on Amazon. It looked like maybe there was Sharpie on it, or yeah. like for the webbing or yeah. something like that. Who knows how he made it? But yeah, he's making his own. Uh, does Spider Toby shoot webs out of anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> Why is Ned magical? Why was he wearing hobgoblin colors? Maybe the hobgoblin you're reading it. Maybe we're reading into it too much for that. Maybe it was just. Like I a think fun... I think they did the colors because for the trailer they wanted people to be talking about. Yeah. That. And then why is Ned magical? I think they're just trying to make. They all need. The characters... They needed to figure out a way to get the other Peter Parkers in real quick. Yeah, yeah. That's what. That, that's the, that's called like when you're writing and you have a plot hole, you try and fill in that plot hole, and that was I think the the easiest solution for how do we get both Peter Parkers. In this movie right now, let's give Ned powers. Ned, Ned naturally <laughs> having magical powers. Yeah, that's the only way they. I think they could have figured it out. All right. Um. Because uh, how else do the Peters find him? Yeah. What would you guys like to see next for the new MCU trilogy for the Spider-Man one? I, like I'm I, like we've been saying, like a grounded Tom Holland by himself Spider-Man. Yeah, that that's what I want to see. I sign me up. Like I will see seven of those. I movies. just want to feel more traditional. It's just not MCU. Not MCU e. Not crossover e. That's what I want. Um, what else do we get? Uh, I think most. And I want to see Harry Osborn. Will we get an official picture of the new suit? Absolutely, I'm sure. Like in a couple of days, I think they want everyone to see it for like a week or two, and then they'll start. Yeah, they, don't, they don't want spoilers. Not everyone's seen it. Yeah, then they'll. It's only been out for three. But days. I mean, if you go on IMDb on like Andrew Garfield's IMDb, yeah. it says like Peter Parker. If you credit. if you Google Spider-Man No Way Home, the first casting um, image is Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, will another actor play Venom in Tom's films? For sure, they'll yeah. have to get someone else. I think they'll get Eddie Brock in there. Tom's Eddie Brock got sent back to his dimension. Yeah. Why was Dane Dehan in it? Dane wasn't in it. No, he wasn't in it. Maybe they meant to say why wasn't Dane Dehan in it. I think, I think that been... no one liked the character. Yeah, I, I think that that kind of character interpretation wasn't super great. Or... He, was, he was probably like, oh, am I going to get a phone call? <laughs> oh, that, oh, that poor kid. He's He must like... He's an awesome actor, yeah, too. But, I mean, 
to not get the call for this movie, that must suck. Well, I mean, you got to pick one goblin. Who are you yeah. going to pick? Yeah, Willem or, pick, or Dane Dehan? Yeah. like, I'll take Willem's goblin yeah. every time. But I'm still... sure Dane Dehan would be like, yeah, obviously that goblin. Yeah, but that's, that must be a bummer for him. Yeah, I'm like, sure. Like, not getting the call for this. Because kind of everyone else got like, the call. Yeah, everyone else. They got Lizard in there, man. <laughs> Except for Paul Giamatti with Rhino. Yeah, but he's only in like five minutes of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he, but he did, he gets a call, he gets a shout out though, yeah you're at right least. he gets a shout out and you yeah. can see like his form in the, in the, in the sky yeah in the, in the but oh, I think yeah. that was a different I think that was natural like a yeah a different, different rhino yeah. oh and actually another question is what was the purple stuff in the sky that was the dimensions in opening up and yeah. letting in all of the people all the villains. it would have been like an infinite number of people yeah so probably like a million at least villains would have just came pouring in to fight Spider Man yeah. and destroy the world. So that was Doctor Strange. But also a million Spider-Man people would have come And in. did Doctor Strange have to cast that spell? Couldn't he have, like, left MJ out of it, left Ned out of it? I think no, because in order to stop them all coming in, it had to be done pure. Everyone forgets Peter Parker. It's the only way to stop it. Yeah. Otherwise, if you keep tampering with the spell, which had already been tampered with enough, they have to redo it, and they learned the hard way that it wouldn't work the other way. Yeah, exactly. they had They had to do it in order to save the world. And also, it's, it's important for the growth of Peter Parker's character. And, yeah, and what's great is, you know, this film is really... And the, one of the main themes is responsibility, and Peter's taking responsibility for his actions. You know, it's he started the, the whole thing. It's all because of him, and he and all the loss he suffers because of him. He lost his, he lost Aunt May. He loses everyone who knew who he was. He loses his best friend. He loses MJ because of his actions. So now it's about him learning from that and dealing with that and taking responsibility eventually. Exactly, man. The great power comes, comes great, great responsibility. Judgment. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, Got some trivia. Let's do it. Willem Dafoe only agreed to reprise his role as the Green Goblin on the condition that he would still be allowed to, to perform his the majority of his own stunts like he did in Spider-Man 1. For his appearance in Spider-Man No Way Home, Alfred Molina was digitally de-aged to make him appear as he had in Spider-Man 2 in 2004. And his me mechanical tentacles were created through CGI rather through puppetry like in the original film. For their appearances in Spider-Man No Way Home, both Jamie Foxx and Willem Dafoe were very excited to reprise their old villain roles. Jamie Foxx's motivation was that he was going to be able to get a new interpretation of his character. And Alfred Molina, meanwhile, joked that he was only in the movie for the paycheck at first, but then he confirmed that he liked the story a lot. I'm sure it was a good paycheck. Yeah, it's <laughs> a fat paycheck. It's probably like one five mil for a month for a month of work. Yeah, he's in a lot of this movie too. This movie actually was um not supposed to be an MCU collaboration, just the first two Tom Holland Spidey movies were supposed to be MCU crossovers, but um, and Sony originally for this third film they wanted to do it without MC without Marvel on their own, no Marvel crossover, no other characters, and fans reacted very negatively. And so Tom Holland actually stepped in and convinced Sony to renegotiate a new deal with Disney to involve them in the process of this film. And so they came to new terms, and Marvel was able to invest some of their money into the film, and it was more of like a joint project this time. In Spider-Man No Way Home, the Green Goblin's mask, a detail that some fans have considered silly or unnecessary, is destroyed by Norman Osborn, and his outfit, which incorporates a shredded purple hoodie over his armor, also makes him more like his comics counterpart. I like both. I mean, I like the mask. I was scared of it when I was a kid. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, and then you can just see his mouth and through the little yeah. the visor. But I do like the new interpretation of him with the goggles and stuff like that. And also the hoodie. Yeah. When he was wearing the hoodie inside of um with Aunt May, I was like, oh shoot, like that feels like the comic, the uh, animated series goblin. Yeah. That's it for my trivia. All right, that wraps our episode on Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm sure we will revisit this at some other point. We want to do the entire trilogy uh, with Homecoming and Far From Home as well. It was so much fun to go watch this movie. We really hope you all enjoyed it as much as we did. We can't wait to watch the rest of the MCU going forward. So excited for Multiverse of Madness and everything. So make sure to become a patron today at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, webheads. Have a great start to your week. Bye, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to subscribe if you're new. Hit the like button. Leave a comment. Find us on all audio streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Find us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to check out one of these other videos right here for more content on our favorite films and breaking down all kinds of movie content. Thanks so much.